0: We'll come back to Mick Clifford. He's in our Dublin studio in just a minute to talk about the week that was, but here's how it sounded. family of four, including an 18- and 19-year-old and two adults, that you want them to pay next year just under €500.
1: I am perfectly happy to say that it is my view uh, that the charge in relation to the type of family or the type of household you've indicated will be below €200. I had never been to Ireland and they invited me to come and speak about my philanthropy. Uh, and how it ties to technology. Mm-hmm. You know, I think part of the interesting thing about philanthropy or the work that I do is I realize we live in a global community.
0: Brian, and presumably with
1: him, Brian Cown,
0: had been trying to play under the radar that they might have to go for a full way out bailout, that they could do some sort of a a lower down deal. I don't know if there a terminology for it, but that they could, um, they didn't have to do the full out thing so Brian had a purge on everyone and that's why poor uh, Dermot O'Hearn and Noel Dempsey got some caught, caught up in the Nazi Do you remember oh we know nothing Poor Al Dermot O'Hearn as he was described by Mary O'Rourke yesterday uh, Mick Clifford in our Dublin studio how are you Mick? How are you doing? Um, let's let's begin actually with that correspondence between the ECB and Brian Lenahan, the late finance minister. Made for interesting reading. I mean, many people would say it's nothing of, except of historical importance. But Mary O'Rourke yesterday, and it was hinted at as well by others in Fianna Fáil, that this is something the government can use now to try and strong arm the rest of Europe. Is that not just wishful thinking?
1: Unfortunately, I think it is wishful thinking. I don't think it's a thing in the past because it's with us and it'll be with our children in terms of the debt that's been heaped in this country. Um, And, you know, just on on that note, there was an economist this week who suggested that uh, he wouldn't recommend Ireland as a place to invest in on the basis of the size of our debt, irrespective of all the good economic indicators. So it's not historic. It is with us. using it as a tactic, I would just wonder Jonathan about that whether we'd be uh, basically talking to the wall because all the way the way things would be viewed, I would imagine at the moment in Europe is that Ireland in their eyes, appears to have got its act together. Uh, It is a growing economy growing far more than anywhere else in Western Europe at the moment. And therefore they would say, you're all right, you're hunky-dory. Of course, none of that takes into account the reality of what people have been put through here or Mm -hmm. the fact that we've been lumbered with a massive debt. So it, it makes for interesting reading. It confirms what we always thought, but I just would doubt very much whether it's going to be of any practical use to us going into the future. Much of the commentary yesterday was about how the
0: ECB was the bully in the situation; that they, they were forcing Ireland into the bailout, and that they strayed beyond their remit into the political realm. Uh, and you know, you might might open up the Irish government to criticism, but you have to we might be looking at that through twenty fourteen eyes. If we go back to the time of this, uh, the chaos that was in politics here, the two years prior to that, the bank guarantee, all of that mess, the bondholders, everything in. We really were in a lose-lose situation based on that, and you know, you'd, you'd hate to say it, but maybe we came out of it relatively intact, considering how other countries have gone down the tube, such as Greece.
1: Well, that's the big thing, and and, and you know, that's what you keep coming back to. And similarly, I mean, even in reference to the letter, there was, uh, or sorry, it was a draggy yesterday, suggested that Ireland's bank guarantee etc. had all brought us to that point. Uh, no more than that, you could go back to as far as the bank guarantee, and yes, we can all view it as a mistake now, but. Who knows what the alternative would have been? Uh, and similarly, when we come along to this point, and also this notion that Brian Lenihan was inexperienced and if we had real negotiators in there uh, staring into the whites of their eyes, Ireland was operating from an, a hugely weakened position uh, with the ECB on the basis of that domestically our governments had made a mess of things going back seven, eight and, and ten and, years. And, and,
0: and that's the reason the debt is huge. It's not because of what happened on this night. It's because of what happened prior to that. And that's what you know needs to be in the banking inquiry. Not just this particular night, not just the night of the bank guarantee, but everything that happened in the round. And I don't think we'll ever get the answers we want. Uh, Mick, let's talk about Irish water, and other products of, of that particular mess. Um, Alan Kelly this week... Does he deserve credit for being front and centre? He was out, as I said, at Irish Water Headquarters. You got the impression that John Tierney was, uh, was saying sorry with the minister looking over his shoulder. And yesterday out saying the same thing again and a complete U-turn over the, the dribble argument that if you didn't pay your bill, it'd be down to a dribble. Is he coming out fighting on this one? And is this something that is just too late?
1: Fighting might be one way of putting it. I'd suggest it might be desperation. I, I mean, I, I think the big issue here, Jonathan, is that there is a certain cohort and I would suggest that, well, to put it this way, the figure being bandied about before things got really out of hand was that perhaps there might be 20% of people who were not going to pay, people who would have been on, in a very similar situation in relation to the property tax and, as was seen, that eventually got through in no small part because the revenue commissioners became involved. But there's a huge middle ground there who I think would perhaps all things being equal, except that there's a requirement for some payment to be made for water, that we do not get it for free. The big issue, I think, is that they have lost that middle ground and it is going to be extremely difficult to recapture them. And the other thing is that irrespective of what they do now and particularly if, as speculated, they're going to extend a, a fixed charge at a reduced rate beyond the next election, it's difficult to see how anything but water and the payment of water does not become a major election issue. And as we've seen from some parties already, not least Sinn Féin, I say more so than anyone, uh, they can promise to some sun, moon and stars and certainly will do so. And this has already ballooned out of control and I think it could well continue to do so all the way into the next general election. Um, let's talk about
0: the Guards' involvement in this. We heard from Dermot O'Brien of the GRA admitting that the Garda- they are in fact filming protesters when they're out on these protests. Uh, you'd feel sorry for the Guards because obviously they don't want to be there. They don't want to be acting as, as go-betweens uh, between uh, people who are installing meters or protecting politicians uh, who are facing the gauntlet of these protesters. But this conversation about a sinister element or... Uh, some other type of group that has infiltrated the others I mean nobody's willing to kind of say out loud who the sinister element are which would have to lead you to question whether such a thing exists
1: Yeah first of all I definitely would have sympathy with the Gardaí I think this is the last place they want to be and they're charged with maintaining the law and that is all they're doing in in any situation you're going to have some individuals who when pushed to the extreme limit might react in a way that is not 100% appropriate that is inevitable but I do not buy for a second this notion that Gardaí are being overly brutal or that they're operating in any way beyond their remit in any generalised sense. I don't believe that for a second. However, this notion of a sinister element. Jonathan, I first—I came across very similar stuff when I was covering the Shell to protest in North Mayo there would seem at some level of government or in the security agencies of the state or wherever, there would seem that there is often, once you put, you start putting out this notion of sinister, which inevitable uh, is supposed to mean something connected with the old Republican movement, whether it be the IRA, dissidents, whatever, you throw that into the mix in order to queer the pitch, in order to turn what you might call uh, ordinary decent protesters away or whatever. I don't buy it on any level. Just because there may be an individual or of some individuals who belong to, for example, dissident groups involved in a protest that is much larger, to to throw in this notion that everyone else is duped by them and they're being led by them, I don't buy it for a second. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, there was 10,000 of them in Cork and I was uh, covering that protest last weekend. I didn't see many sinister types there, I can assure you. Just saw ordinary people who are making their protest and making their point. Mick of the Irish Examiner, pleasure as always.